It's the Lazy Cat Podcast Show, featuring your host. It's the Lazy Cat. Well then, here we are, ladies and gentle cats. The long-awaited episode for me to share my hot takes towards Genshin Impact. Ahem. <clears throat> Catch games. Love it or hate it, it's almost everywhere at this point. Both Western and Asian franchise loves to keep milking out everything that is both marketable and franchisable into a type of game that will squeeze out both wallets and time of its players. I mean, listen, I won't get into details about what are gotcha games, since I've talked about it a couple of times already in this podcast channel. Simply put, you play a game where you collect amazing characters with additional collectible weapons or items that does a certain amount of things to progress in collecting more randomized stuffs in the future as well as grinding away resources for leveling said characters or weapons and getting more new characters or items in the nearby future. Boy, now that's a damn mouthful. And yes, that's simply put what a gacha game is. I'm sure most of you would understand the gist of it already. Segwaying back to said explanation, in gacha games, if you require more resources to make your account seemingly break through the free-to-play status and reaching on-quote endgame status early on, gacha games typically offer monetization options. Yep, you simply use real-life funds to gain more funds to pull for characters or weapons, obtain rare in-game resources early on, and gain access more stamina to play certain dungeons or boss fights. Summarizing how monetization works in gacha games, you use actual money to instantly receive whatever you seek or want in said game. Well, results still may vary. Wait, what? You're confused? You're still confused after that long explanation? You need me to simplify it even further? Fine. It's basically glorified gambling with cute or awesome illustrated characters and or weapons in a way. As you can see, well, here. I've been reviewing games that fits into this genre ever since this podcast show has been on air, starting with Arknight's Chef's Kiss, Fate Grand Order, and finally tackling on one of my most dreaded and cursed topic, Genshin Impact. By the way, another small segue, set games which has been reviewed are available on my podcast channel, you just gotta scroll down a bit on its menu screen. Make sure to check them out, alright? Cool, now, um, where were we? Oh right, reviewing Genshin Impact. Don't get me wrong, it's not that I'm purposely avoiding and making this game's review, it's just... I needed multiple times to get my mood and conduct research properly, but yeah, right. Choosing the right words to describe my somewhat love-hate relationship with this game was harder than it seemed. I intended on making this episode way earlier back in 2021, but... I don't think that Genshin even has the necessary content that deserves such a praise or review. Oh boy, you have no idea how frustrating it is trying out Genshin in the first few months of its release. Back then, during the last few months of 2020, I was nothing but a slightly bored naive fella. 
as I was waiting on the upcoming release of PSO2 NGS, which I don't even touch nowadays, Genshin Impact came out of nowhere like a sudden storm. Everyone's talking about it, my private Facebook timeline is filled with gameplay and videos about it, there's so many tutorials and how-to videos over at YouTube, even my ex-girlfriend at that period that got me into it. Hence, I took a nosedive into a rabbit hole that I both enjoy and regret at the same time. Questioning my sanity as I'm about to try out another gacha game, as I was already overwhelmed and addicted with Arknights and other games as well, I jumped straight ahead and was met with a plethora of new things. To me, Genshin Impact was something fresh, alien in nature, and frustrating at the same time. It's a mixed bag of various things here and there, but still, new-ish. It felt like I was actually taken into a brand new world to start my fresh new adventure. Boy, how I kinda regretted hoping to take on a new adventure in Genshin Impact though. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, cats, finally, at this amazing moment of time, sit tight and join me in today's episode of RNREX as I fully review and rant away my thoughts on this intriguing mixed bag of action based fantasy theme open world gacha hoo ha of a game. Teva travelers and adventurers, and of course, podcast listeners. I welcome you to RNR EX Episode 6, Genshin Impact in Depth. Right. Genshin Impact is a free-to-play action role-playing game with an open-world environment with additional monetization via gacha game mechanics. At its core, and to simplify even further, Genshin Impact is a gacha game with loads of RPG elements infused into it. Its basic gameplay system utilizes players to switch between 1 to 4 different characters with different weapons and elemental systems. For Farron players, the gacha mechanics in this game works just like any other gacha games. As for fellow newcomers, the basic gacha system goes as follows. You grind and receive different materials from events or progressing through the main story quest in order to do a pull from either a standard or a limited banner. As you use these resources to pull certain banners, you'll receive a variety of new characters and weapons, varying in rarity levels. Receiving the same set units will reward you with exchangeable resources for other things that you can turn in. This game is developed by Hoyuverse, formerly known as MiHoYo, who are famously known for developing other popular gacha-based mobile games, such as Guns Girl Z, Honkai Impact 3rd, and their recent title, Tears of Themis. Genshin is available to play both on different console platforms, such as PC, PS4, PS5, and the still yet to be announced Nintendo Switch platform release, <laughs> as well as on mobile, both for the Android and iOS. Released globally on 28 September 2020 both for PC, PS4, and mobile, the game takes place in a fantasy world called Teyvat, which to this day I still have trouble pronouncing, I usually end up calling it Teyvat, Teyvat, cause it rolls off the tongue well in way, Teyvat, Teyvat, carry on. This world is divided into seven designations which are tied to different elements, starting with Animal, Wind, Geo, Rock or Earth, Electro, the name states for itself, Dendro, 
plant-based elements, pyro, fire, cryo, um, ice, of course, duh, and hydro, water, with each nation ruled by a different deity. These nations took notable references of culture and geography from real-life nations. In this game, you play as one of the twin sibling traveler, dubbed as Ether if you choose the male traveler, or Lumine if you choose the female traveler. Each of the other language translation dubs these characters with different names, but for this review, let's go with their English or global names. These two characters are said to have traveled across a countless worlds as they are suddenly separated with each other, having one of the chosen characters being started on Taviat whilst the other mysteriously disappear. Eventually, you are accompanied by the mysterious and talkative mascot of this game, Paimon. As you travel along the new world, searching for your lost sibling, and being involved with affairs of Tevat's nation, I, I, yeah, I, I guess that's it. I think that's the best way to describe and summarize what are the basics of Genshin Impact. Noting the fact that we've been past its first anniversary and have been created with more contents, explaining the whole lore and each different mechanic will be a bit of a hassle for my personal productivity. Hence, I won't be diving too much on its lore and story, and there might be certain events or mechanics that might be overlooked on this review. I might dwell a bit on spoiler territory since there are some notable aspects of the game that are worth to mention and ran on, which has direct ties with its main story and lore progression. Be warned. The game itself is considered as a commercial success, grossing more than $3 billion in its first year of release, the highest ever first year launch revenue for any video game, defeating both PUBG, GTA 5, and Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Despite the acclaim and generally positive reviews, noting its interesting combat mechanic and open-world immersiveness, critics and many fans alike, including myself in this podcast episode, criticized its simplistic endgame and monetization model, its barren given content throughout the first year, and how lackluster Genshin felt with some of the somewhat mundane system that still yet hasn't been improved to this day. Some of the tidbits that I would love to run away later on. Okay, so, right, where to begin? So, for this review, I'm actually kind of sick. I'm down with the sickness. I just had my third vaccine booster, uh, is the Pfizer uh, variant, so I'm absolutely wasted and slightly high at the moment. So, bear with me, as I probably will ramble on much of the stuff out of context and off the script. So, yeah, this will be an interesting episode for today. So, uh, back to where and what I'm about to say about this segment, right. Um, I, I, to be honest, to be frank, I don't know where to begin. I'm not even sure if I can get all of my thoughts and opinions out properly, because as of this recording, I'm about to read a very hefty script. It's about like 8-10 pages and I'm actually already sick by myself. So, if I really want to scream and shout out to the heavens for all the things I both slightly love and absolutely hate about Genshin Impact, it would probably take more than one episode to do so. I'm even recording in my bed right now, for, for God's sake. <laughs> the thing is, praising the somewhat messy-ish of a game is quite challenging, as there's this constant fear as well that I've had with how this game's fanbase circulate around reviews, which somehow adds as another reason to why I just don't find the passion to properly conduct a review on it. Um, right. Uh, 
God, I, I I hate having sinusitis as well during recording, so I'm I'm not, I'm not even gonna edit. Uh, I'm just gonna leave it just to show how frustrated and cursed this review is. There's just been too many instances where whenever I'm about to record this particular recording for the Genshin Impact review, bad things tends to happen. I don't know why. I don't know how. It just happens. Genshin Impact Two hates me. So yeah, Genshin Impact is just one of those few gacha games that either makes you fall in love with it or just can't seem to escape from the deep dark pits of addiction as much as you hate the source of it. That's part of my dilemma. I both love some few parts of Genshin, but as an overall, I kinda hate it. But I'm already too deep to the point where I, I'm trying my best to crawl out of the rabbit hole that I accidentally fell into it. which. Uh, to be honest, I'm successfully doing it for the past few days, in a way. So, yeah, these were some of the reasons why this review was met with both postponed and procrastination. I just haven't found the right mojo to state my own opinion regarding said game. Noting back up on its fanbase, oh god, the fanbase. Which I couldn't necessarily call it in an early cons point, but... Whether it's a full-on review about the game itself, this is off absolutely off-script, I'm just going full ad-lib. I, I can't even look at things properly. My eyes are burning up and they're wet and it's just hard to read the script at this point. Just just hear me out. Let me let me point out the stuff that I can still remember from the script, right? So the fan base itself, it, they are absolutely, I don't want to say sickening. It's, it's just there are some a few parts of majority of the fans that are scary in a way. Um, whether it's a full-on review about the game itself, or newly released events, banners, or perhaps newly added characters and weapons and, 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 and all, these matters tend to lead into multiple huge upbringing. I have seen multiple videos and or reviews being bombarded with either actual toxic fanbase or genuine trolling individuals which would love to stir up a mayhem for the content creator and the whole audience itself. It's the fact that the sheer f factor of how the player base and fan base of Genshin Impact can act dramatically to the highest standard really portrays how MiHoYo, I'm sorry, HoYoVerse treats their product and fans genuinely. I mean, look at how they treat us with their first anniversary event, which I would probably discuss a bit more later. And how we've been shoved with so many Paimon surveys that I'm sure enough such surveys won't do much as of a com communication tool for bridging player issues or complaints and actually addresses such matters to the developers. Look, what I'm trying to summarize is that writing and recording this review content did put me at a somewhat limbo. Surely enough, I've had major issues with the game that I really would love to vocalize and hope HoYoVerse would listen carefully for improvements in the future. Albeit some which sounds ways biased, but nonetheless, quote-unquote, improvements. Yet, at the same time, being vocal towards the point that some fans would disagree with may put myself in jeopardy, which I kinda don't care at this point, though. I just wanna- I just want this podcast review to just- Go on. I'm, I'm done with Kenshin. <laughs> so, if I have to roughly estimate how much percentage I enjoy this game, if I wasn't under the influence of the Pfizer vaccine, I would probably give this game a somewhat rough 65-60%, to 60%, but 
the more I think about it, I'm just gonna have to tone it down to a rough 55%-ish nowadays. I'm just... I don't enjoy it anymore. There there were um, moments where I leisurely enjoy this game, like one fan to another, but playing it solo or just enjoying with random people... Yeah, just... There were past moments that still led up to this day that made me a bit tilted. And at some occasions, actually stressed me out with how this game plays out. Hence, this is the bar where I put my foot down. I just, I'm just i gonna go gung-ho with doing this review. I'll try my best to point out almost everything that I've experienced with this game, from its early on months and to the past few days that I've played the game, from the highs and lows, my somewhat first impressions, and the things that I am struggling to hope for an update or proper improvements in the future versions. Some of the points might seem biased, but I'm still trying to be professional in the sense without being too judging nevertheless. At my own core, I'm still a podcaster and a reviewer, hence this episode still has to and must go on. I'm not postponing everything again, let's just get it over with so that I am done with producing this episode and talking about Genshin. So why don't we just kick things off by pointing some of the best aspects from this game. <laughs> best aspects. It's time for the pro section. For this exact review, I'll be tackling on the pros and cons section a little bit differently. In previous RNREX episodes, I usually explain an overall understanding to what are the main aspects and core features of a media in the overall section. Yet, for Genshin, I just don't have the intention and time to deliberately explain them one by one, to do them, to, to then separating them again as its main pros and cons. And if I sound differently, it's because the vaccine probably is doing its thing. I'm, 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 I'm much more wasted than I am earlier. So yeah, continuing on. The reason behind it is because one of, as of this recording, Genshin Impact has just entered its 2.6 version a couple of uh, weeks ago, with its version 2.7 update being delayed, and it has given us way too many contents and features. Piling every new mechanics, events, banners, characters, and lore will take up too much time on my own free time. Hence, I'll be both discussing each or core gameplay and sorting them into what I think are Genshin's own positive trademark and underwhelming aspects. Another thing that I'd like to point out is that prior in writing and recording this episode, I did make a quick survey from which uh, my friends and fellow podcast listeners, as well as fellow Genshin players, could also fill out. At the most, I just want to state out that the entirety of this review won't be coming fully from my own logical personal thoughts. It will be a somewhat collective opinion and rants and blabbers from my own deep, dark thoughts because I'm I'm a bit flying high because of this damn uh, vaccine booster. So, moving on. This 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 is gonna be a really this is gonna be a really shitty RNRX episode. S screw that. We're we're going gung ho. And since we got all those things out of the way, let's start off with the pro section by mentioning the one thing that I believe is still the main appeal of Genshin Impact. I feel like I'm drunk at this point. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm not drunk. I'm just down with the sickness, and I think the paracetamol and also additional headache uh, and uh, medicine are kicking in, so yeah. 
I've noted previously that Genshin Impact also shares RPG mechanics within an open world layout that are still being updated to this day. As of right now, we're currently experiencing a somewhat 30% of how Teyvat truly is. And let me tell you, Genshin has one of the most largely scaled open world layout I've experienced so far. Teyvat feels huge with a capital H, with an always expanding map, updated dungeon, chasms, mountains, oceans, you name it. Exploring Genshin will make you feel as if you are exploring a vast new region which will definitely take up your time with somewhat minor skill treasure chests or farmable materials that will make you feel rewarded for doing so. For first time players, you will be overwhelmed with just how flexible and immersive Genshin can be. First point to discuss, flexibility. The common RPG style game tends to force fed you with a plethora of interactive actions for your character to perform, dozens of actions with a very messy user interface menu, such as choosing two to three different spells, equipping your sets of inventory, changing armaments and etc. or even you can you can just simply pause your game. Well, in Genshin, they do things differently-ish. As it's still a somewhat mobile gacha game, it's flexible enough to give both new players and variants alike in any platform they use to easily understand the basic menu and new mechanics that this game utilizes. Traversing from your character menu, changing equipment, checking out inventory, reading in-game lore and effects while in ba uh, battle and combat at certain points of the game, and relearning tutorials are as easy as pie. Genshin managed to offer a basic core gameplay both for its battle mechanics to other hands-on features as easy as it is, or at least understandable even for the inexperienced. The combat system in Genshin also feels fluid, as it doesn't dictate you in choosing a certain base of team. By all means, if you want to build a full team consisting of ranged attackers, be my guest, although it won't be effective in certain domain stages and story progressions. Well, technically, you can just do it. You want a full set of team consisting of sword users, go ahead. Polearm users for that high unga punga damage. Sure, be my guest. Just do whatever you like. You like that Hydro DPS character so much yet you don't have enough proper resources for him? Rebuild him as a sub DPS character instead. How you play Genshin is completely up to you. Forget the meta. Just go gung-ho and try to enjoy it as you please. On the other hand, aside from dealing physical damage via melee or ranged attacks, each character possesses their own unique skills and elemental bursts. Or, well, they're called elemental bursts, but I do call them just as ultimate attacks, ulties for short, with their own respective elements. How each element interacts with each other respectively are quite ingenious. Everything almost works just well. Just use some basic logic and there you go. Dendro will easily get burned, adding additional damage when hit by pirate attacks. Anything that gets wet via the environment or applying wet status from a hydro attack will inflict certain statuses when added with additional other elements, such as freezing from a cryo attack, an electro charge attack from an electro attack, or evaporation from a pyro attack. Almost everything just works. On to the next point, immersiveness. As I've already mentioned early on, Genshin is a really, really huge game. With file size up to 40GB, the sheer factor of how Teyvat 
T-Vet? I don't care at this point. T-Vet is right now is utterly ridiculous. Both for PC and mobile players, yet I still can't imagine how mobile players will be able to handle more large file updates in the nearby future, as we're currently on three regions being shown with four more left. You will be overwhelmed with just how freely you can interact and do things with your way in this game. Open up chests, spam and kill any mobs you'd like, walk or sprint your way with ease, fly and glide away from the highest peaks, and what else? Swim away until you're out of salmon in this game, gather farmable materials and cook them for added buffs and all. There are so many ways to choose how you travel and do activities in this game, which we will get back on again in the con section. Another thing to worth mentioning, it's music. I gotta give it to Hoyoverse for making some of the best fantasy themed background music in recent years, as you're currently right now listening right now in the background theme for this podcast review as well. And they do have everything, starting from the so- soothing nature of Monsat's theme, how ethnically UA sounds as you roam through its region, and Inazuma jam-packed with dread and absolution as you progress through the quest. It's much more entertaining to travel alongside soothing theme than hearing Paimon talk all the time, which we will also get back to later in the con section, sheesh. As I've stated twice, this is still an RPG game. You are free to do whichever quests or necessary things you'd like to do in this game, although some additional contests might get locked behind necessary story or world quests, how you play Genshin is completely up to you. Of course, for the hardcore veterans who don't want to miss a thing, would dedicate their their life in uh, grinding and speedrunning in a vendor domain, casual players can just simply enjoy the game as it is. Next, it's character design. I'd say some of the characters in this game has some of the most visually aesthetic designs, from their casual and normal attire, to their special exclusive outfits obtainable from events, or even purchasable with funds. Boy, almost all of them look fashionable and pleasing to the eye, noting to Mona and her alternate outfit, yas. Each of them truly represents what element they represent, which nation they come from, what event they're currently having right now, and how they are characterized within the game's story and lore. So yeah, another noteworthy thing to mention are their additional web events, which are, to be frank, tends to get much more interesting and varies in new concepts in each time, although they give us minuscule of rewards. Nonetheless, it's an additional feature for players who are bored with the main content are in and are interested with um, additional rewards. Right then, um, I'm gonna have to stop you right there. I did really try my best in making this a decent review. I, I really did. But reading everything on the script just made me realize just actually how much I am not fully intent in giving such praises to, to this game. I just, I just don't have the heart to give those kinds of praises for this game whatsoever. I, I've told you. I am in a love-hate relationship with this game. Matter of fact, how just how many days or weeks has it been since I've last touched the game? But you, you know what? Let's just unleash hell and start my full-on rant session towards this massive game. This is not going to be a full-on rant review. Just this is going to be a rant podcast episode on Genshin Impact. So yeah, con section right now. This might be the segment that I am the most enthusiastic and passionate about during script writing and pre-recording section. 
As you can hear the distress and slight hatred I have with some of the core aspects that Genshin Impact has and did had in the past, let me begin. I don't want to give pros for this game, I just... I hate this game with a burning passion but I just can't get myself out of the damn hole that I've already sunk into it. Genshin is still a gacha game. Don't let the open world RPG aesthetics fool you. If you're, if, if you're expecting this game to be the next-gen RPG-esque fantasy to traverse into and waste your time upon, well, you're gonna have a bad time. You won't find any interesting playable values as you've progressed near the end content of whatever version you're currently on. Remember, this is still a gacha game, where its base game will be expanded on a regular basis through patches and updates. So, noting on that fact, as of this recording, we're currently on version 2.6 with no signs of version 2.6 uh, 7? Yeah, 2.7 hitting the shelves. It's sad to see how a game, <coughs> a gacha game, tried their utmost in becoming everything at the same time. There's just so many mechanics being dished out that almost a majority of them felt flawed at their own right and forgettable at most. Let me explain in some with quick lightning round points. <coughs> so, I hate how the housing system has a very limited and janky furniture installment feature, both everything that is inside the house and also outside of it where you can plan things put on different platforms of um rocks buildings and everything and collapse them into one it's just it's messy and it, it's it's not fun at this point if you're expecting to put on um elements of furnitures and and environments and such akin to what i i don't know something akin to sims or probably uh, something from Animal Crossing, you won't find that here. Everything just... It, it, it feels janky. I, I'm, I'm, I'm also concerned and worried by the sheer factor of how the, how it, how it we cannot further progress with um, adding new layers of furniture to the housing system. Because currently, as of this recording, it's still under maintenance for some reason after three weeks of its notice. By notice, I meant last, last, last April. Well... Well, I'm glad that they compensate us with 5,000 tokens of um, the housing funds so we can buy more things in said um, housing system. But at the same time, we can't, we can't put anything there because it's still on maintenance for no reason. I don't know why. Either they are updating on how everything works in the housing system or they're completely revoking, re revoking and revamping everything into the brand new mechanic. Uh, mechanic system. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just hoping too much at this point. So again, uh, next on the list, I hate how fishing in this game feels mundane and boring. It's much more meddlesome than Animal Crossing, Harvest Moon, and any other game that has fishing mechanics in them. Each rod that you receive after doing such quests and turning them from uh, each of the nation's respective uh, master fishermen or anglers, they actually... yeah... It doesn't feel like they add more much to the gameplay. Some of the rods were specified for each region, so they can add a percentage of how many fish you can catch, or like um, how easy or harder it is to, for you to catch fishes. But it just doesn't add anything to the gameplay. It's just for a static. I don't feel any any additional elements that aids me in in fishing in this game. And to add more irritation, Paimon just can't shut up about all the time whenever we perform everything during the fishing section or even as we're doing any kind of action in the game. Okay, um, moving on. I know we all hate Dragon Spine. 
That's a fact. I still to this day, I hate the fact that Dragon's Mine exists. I hate how it was a canon world quest that you must do to progress to some of the events in the game. I, I hate it. I hate everything about Dragon's Mine. I really do. Some of the uh, spin-off world maps. Should I call them spin-off world maps? I, I don't. I don't think we can call this one. Like, it's not even the main region of the map. It's just additional parts, just just like the Grand Spine, uh, Enkanomia, and the Chasm. They're they're add-on parts that kind of further progresses the story, but doesn't serve that much of an element because almost all of the things that happens in said spin-off maps feels like additional chores that we have to do being forced on by the characters and also NPCs of, of it's just it's mundane I hate it so again what I've said earlier about how each character design looks aesthetically pleasing scratch that I still hate how this game won't give additional any additional character models that looks lore or early illustration accurate just look at how Goro uh, no not Goro um Araraki Ito is presented in this game we all thought that he was going to be muscular or at least receive a damn new model type like the Fatui members but no he gets the similar male tall type model like every other male tall character in the game like uh Kaya and then um Dilog and of course Zhongli it's 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 in the same range I, I thought it was going to be much more muscular and beefier but no, we're just gonna have to deal with the same character models for the rest of the version up to this point, I guess. I hate how the stamina system works in this game. Not the resins, but the stamina for character ashes. You receive additional character, uh, sorry, uh, character stamina points as you progress through the story and unlocking and upgrading the um, Archon deity statue thingies by collecting more shits that are spread throughout the regions, which is a hassle of itself. It's it's meddlesome and I hate it. I hate how we only receive such low points for stamina usage that we can use to sprint, swim, glide, and dash, which is the point that all feel meddlesome. And, and adding salt to the injury, it took them a long time to fully reach to fully recharge. So the only thing that we can compensate for them is via food buffs. What, what the heck were you first? Okay, talking about food buffs. God, I hate cooking and also using food-based items in this game. I hate how reviving using the food items in this game feels and works like shit. Pardon my French, but reviving characters with only one food item takes a 5 minute recharge time to use for another character. I'm sorry, this just, this just sounds purely stupid. I, I hate it. <laughs> another thing I'd like to mention is that Genshin had, had its own controversies. <laughs> Albeit how the game itself plays out and background-wise, I just can't help to additionally mention some of the some of them in the con section. As a somewhat understanding to just how severely concerning and meltsome Hoyo first treated this game and the whole well, and the whole fan base as well. Right, so um, slight hiccup there, ladies and gentlemen, cats, as I was recording this last night when I was still down with sickness and being um, absolutely influenced by the Pfizer vaccine booster and everything, and turns out there was a slight um, technical issues with the recording, so I have to re-record some of the parts for the con section. Um, yeah, I, I kind of forgot what I was recording 
prior the night before. I think I was talking about the lore and story of Genshin since um, there were some aspect of the story that does feel engaging, but as an overall narrative, it does feel bothersome. I'll try my best to summarize everything because we really do need to get this podcast um, production ready and steady as soon as possible before I leave to Jakarta uh, for personal reasons. Um, I won't be uh, dwelling too much into Genshin since explaining how the story is as of right now is a long stretch and I worry that I might overly spoil newer fans and also Baron fans that has been skipping on newer events or story like. Um, I hate how Metal Summit feels like when the main goal of the narrative tends to be shoved right ahead with loads of events and other notable points of interest that makes us feel more than an adventurer, yet as a busy boy or a subsidiary. I hate how I can forgot what I was referring to uh, in the in the script. I, I I think I did mention on how I hate after we've traveled through three different new regions, Monsat, Liyue, and Inazuma, with all the amazing characters we've met so far. We were still treated as nothing but a maid to do the same things, the same kind of chores, and and bothersome uh, daily quest, which doesn't serve much to its narrative. Um, talking about the daily quests, um. They're randomized, but there are certain daily quests which you can do to progress into unlocking newer daily quests. But here's the thing, they they're all aren't classified as world quests or additional quests. It's just randomized daily quests which you gotta uh, access and unlock uh, and do certain things which aren't uh, given to us from the game itself. You have to look up um, guides and everything to unlock certain um, specifications to get and receive and, and finish certain daily quests and get their achievements and yada yada. It, it's 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 meddlesome, it's bothersome. Everything in this game felt um, heavily implies uh, with RNG factors. And then I do feel that many fans share the same frustration towards some of the NPC characters that serve as nothing but mundane forced troublesome plot devices. Uh, I still remember what Palette did on Dragonspine and I really hate it. I hate the whole event, I hate the storyline, I hate how he serves as nothing but a Palette is 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 the worst NPC character that you can get from a from a gadget game or any kind of game whatsoever, um, and also how the new adventure from the UA for the uh, Chasm event uh, just does whatever she wants throughout the quest and jeopardizes herself, and serves nothing but as a uh, plot driven character that messes up everything. It just it's it's meddlesome. Simplify, simplifying my point, the whole narrative is a mess. Well, some of them does feel. Uh, wholesome and uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? They 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 felt justified for some reasons. It's it's sad to see that some of the stories for uh, Inazuma felt kind of rushed, and I I think the the word rush isn't the proper word to use. It's just Inazuma Inazuma World Quest doesn't feel as punchy or or, or whole. As what they serve to us in Inazuma and Monstad. Of course, Monstad has to be uh, filled with so many uh, beginner world quests and also stories to serve as the main uh, plot device to, to tell us what Genshin is. But and and Liu Wei just was filled with so many interesting tales, stories, uh, characters, and events. Whilst Inazuma felt kind of bastardized, I think in a way. Personally, to me, Inazuma deserves much lore and love, but turns out it we what we received was kind of half-ass and kind of washed down. 
uh, during the last part and climax of it. Um, and then, look, I just want to continue with my quest for Genshin. I, I, I just want to know what are the mysteries surrounding Teyvat, and I just want to search for our missing sibling. The only times where I am excited in playing Genshin is um, whenever Dying Slave shows up and moves the narrative forward. Albeit Paimon keeps interrupting everything, uh, whenever Dying Slave is being mentioned in um, announcement prior to the any version updates or whether he will show up in future events, I, I'm always excited because he's one of the most coolest yet edgiest character, but he actually serves as an actual plot different character he he knows what he's doing he knows that he wants to help the traveler in searching for his or her missing sibling he knows something but i like the way that we're presented with dying slave bit by bit we, we're, we're not shoved uh entirely directly into our face with everything at at, uh, at this point but i i kind of wanted more of dying slave and, and whatever that drives the story and narrative forward um yeah things like this um the main point of the whole story keeps on being bombarded with four story and world quests that will lock for the progression, which in my, uh, my opinion feels just way too unnecessary. Like, what's the point of us investing in knowing a certain character if we won't ever see him or her again in the next few months? I mean, like, I remember the time where Sin Yen was uh, completely abandoned for, like, months after she was released on her banner. She didn't receive any... Um, companion quest. She didn't receive any character events and everything. Um, she she did receive something during um this year's leeway. I kind of forgot what's the event was. It it was like the whole big festive leeway thing. Is she receives some additional um story arcs and everything, but she was forgotten and abandoned just because uh Mihoyo sorry Hoyo first doesn't know. Uh, how to handle or do with her? Her build was absolutely messy. She was, she was messy from the beginning. Shinyan is interesting, but how they wanted us to play and use her was completely another. Was a complete other story. Um, you have no idea how frustrating it is to um to felt that I get a gacha game that does things like this that does. Uh, keep on forgetting past stuff that we've had or mechanics and just to be uh, abandoned and forgotten and replaced with or being uh, shoved with brand new mechanics to introduce and bait in people to play Genshin. I, I, I hate that. I know that Mihoyo first needs to milk out new characters and weapons and banners and events, but that's the thing. The bad thing about making an RPG with gacha elements will force you to dish out new stuffs uh, that will eventually overshadow past interesting stuffs. Um, I've already stated Xin Yan, so examples given. Um, when was the last time we've seen Kaya in action or even got an actual feature for a gacha banner? I think I think he's the only four-star character that hasn't been uh, featured in a gacha banner, uh, including Amber. And yeah, I think both of those characters hasn't been included within the any uh, any additional limit banners. And at, at this point, if you if you receive a uh, Constellation 3 or Max Constellation Kaya, that account would be much more worth than having a 5-star, um, having all of the 5-stars in the game, because getting a, a Constellation Max uh, for Amber, Kaya, and some of the early 4-star characters are harder than it seems. Um, getting the 5-star seems much more easier than, than you think. <laughs> it's, it's Genshin, oh my god. Uh, so, 
I do believe that some fellow players love the lore for this game. Personally to me though, I just don't feel it. You have no idea how frustrating it is to be poor with the never-ending text and voice lines of dialogue over and over again. I bet your damn ass that I still pray that they would implement a skip feature. Like, don't get me wrong, all of the voice actors in each respective language does an amazing job on their own, but it is frustrating to keep repeatedly pressing your mouse and or spamming the spacebar to tediously move on from one line to a paragraph or another. And do you know what? Do you know how utterly frustrating it is to die and replay a block of cutscene again and again and again? Worst of all, you have to hear Paimon repeat every sentence she says. Oh wait, I haven't even mentioned the biggest damn concept I would really love to vent out again uh, in this recording. So, Paimon, um, this devil of a little floating imp is one of the few things that I really do hate from Genshin Impact. Uh, she kind of reminds me of Navi from uh, Zelda. Uh, imagine Navi from Zelda, but uh, give her actual voice lines and make her more obnoxious and annoying to a degree. I hate how she gets more voice lines and tends to quote-unquote force out actions on the narrative for us as the player and also the protagonist. This mascot gets more love and care than our protagonist, and if you're a veteran player, you understand how frustrating it is to see how Paimon is in control of our action and narrative. It just makes us as the player and the traveler less of a protagonist and more of an NPC itself. She was frustrating enough in Liyue and Inazuma. I barely care about whatever she did in Mondstadt, but there were times where everything that we do has to go on with how she plans and force us uh, us to do. I, I, I don't even remember when was the last time we heard our own character as a protagonist um, stayed out or said anything, except for special dialogues and special uh, sequences and cutscenes. Uh, I did mention previously how the battle mechanics and gameplay felt flexible, right? So I'm going to continue what I've stated, because um, continuing on from that, we'll continue back to the recording I did last night. But if I had to really simplify everything, the quality of life from Genshin Impact just feel... Um, it's just, just it's, it's not there. Okay, moving on to the actual recording that I did for last night. It's still a single-player RPG-style gacha game with the need for online accessibility, which means the game itself really do relies heavily on a de decent internet connection to play with. Indie home users, fuck off. I'm sorry for my friendship. So, it could be a hassle. Let me explain. With how flexible Genshin's battle mechanic plays out, it will eventually feels mediocre at times, and of course, you can still mix and match team comms here and there, but it will eventually feel bland. Icing on top of the cake, it's gonna be worse if you have a shitty internet provider. Genshin had its own controversy when some of their mechanics felt way too similar with Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I do say so myself because some of them do felt similar, and it kinda does. There are just way too many similar aspects that felt flawed out, and Genshin could have utilized more interesting system for players to utilize. Look, Genshin has way too many contro controversies at this point that I don't even want to explain them one by one. Why don't you just look up, look up on them on Google or something? Here's another lightning round coming up. So there were a couple of instances where Genshin had its own issues. Not just issues, but actually huge, uh, huge on drama. First and foremost, the spyware incident, where players discovered that Genshin's kernel-based anti-cheat system would remain active after the game was closed or uninstalled. There were also instances where Japanese players using iOS devices would be tracked down by Genshin and have their clipboards being read and observed by the game itself. 
Security concerns for this game was skyrocketing during its game, uh, early months. And then we have the game censorship policy. Ah, yes. Noting the fact that this game is made from China, there are there are a relative huge of amount of interesting words, names, and terms that would get censored out of the blue. It's even ridiculous how saying regular words in other languages would get censored without further explanation, which adds injury to how you communicate with other players in this game. Chatting using the in-game chat text box just feels weird, because whenever you want to type out something that actually sounds safe for work in your own language, will tend to get censored out by the system itself uh, for being flagged out as something that is unnecessarily censored. I don't know why, I, I, I don't know, just completely stupid and, and hilarious. And also, remember how Chongli was like before version 1.3? We sure do, which I don't want to explain further because that was a certainly amazing um, drama in time of its own. And then also, we all, we do remember the damn exclusive China KFC collaboration event. Oh my god, good times. And of course, the infamous Genshin Impact first anniversary celebration incident. Ah yes, the review bombing, the criticism, the madness, good times. It explains itself on how Hoyo first reaches fans. Look, Genshin could have been either a decent, great AAA style franchise or an actual MMORPG with loads of content that may have been handled way more properly by the dev team. Only one could wish for a different outcome in a different timeline. On another note, have I mentioned that this is still a gacha game? Right, so one of the key features of a gacha game are their stamina system. It's a thing that limits player from overdoing or grinding for a quest or a domain on a prolonged time. It lets players to rest and reorganize things first whilst waiting for the stamina to refill. Now, back to Genshin. They also implement a stamina system by utilizing their in-game items called resins. Basically, they work the same way as other gacha game stamina systems. You're only limited to a certain amount of stamina which you can only use to, to enter a certain dungeon. It will refill over time and you could use other consumable items to speed up uh, their, their recovery. The biggest thing to note as a cons for the stamina systems are two things. It's utterly limited and there are times where the reward from using them on certain dungeons aren't worth it. Man, we haven't gone into how the farming works in this game, but I'm already bashing on how utterly meddlesome the stamina system this game has. Now then, um, using resins and farming them is... I, I don't know, I, I really don't want to explain it. It's just... I'm already tired, I'm already sleepy as of this recording, all I just want to say to you is that um, farming for artifacts, weapon mats, and even defeating bosses by using resins is just, it's just a hassle. Farming for everything, the the dread farming system for each art artifact, weapon mats, session mats, etc, it's just, one, it's, bo it's both repetitive, it's boring, and their results will always vary in both what items to receive and how their stats laid out. Their stats varies no matter which particular item that you that you really want to seek out. So if you really gear up on um, wanting that set of uh, artifact set with the exact substats and also main set that you really need, you would probably need like months and, and decent prayers and luck to get the things that you want in this game. It's just, God, I'm already, I'm, I'm, I'm already out of words and breath for 
um, explain the cost of this game. Still on the matter of both farming and grinding, various players tend to seek out additional challenges there and reaching endgame content. Well, Genshin also provides such thing as well, with a challenge domain known as the Spiral Abyss. This domain can be entered without using any resin stamina, yet it will feature layers of levels with their own challenges, enemies, and features. It maxes out at 12 floor with consisting of 3 levels in each floor. Now, the bad thing about Spiral Abyss is that Hoyo first keeps upgrading spawning enemies and applying more punishing challenges within each update that leaves new, casual, and even veteran players unable to finish it. Unless you are that lucky in receiving amazing characters and weapons, a good set of artifacts, and dedicating your time to grind for materials and and if you are actually that good at the game, you might have a chance to finish any Spiral Abyss challenges as the resets every two weeks. I think. Was it two weeks? It has to be two weeks. Now, as I mentioned, Genshin character's design as a pro, I couldn't praise the same thing for his weapons. Genshin features some of the worst recycling design for a weapon to the point where I do think it's worse than how Toei recycles parts for a spin-off Kamen Rider form or brand new Rider. Aside from their interesting web events, I gotta share some light upon their contests. Some of them were just ridiculous and mediocre as how they play out they kind of feel like a low-key marketing ploy by the dev team to get word spread around about Genshin. Don't get me started about how they treat the Twitch streamer contest and also the drawing contest. It's just... I, I, I don't want to explain even further. Just, it's a con of itself. If I was to summarize the whole entire con section for Genshin Impact, I think... It's just not the con section. It's just the whole basic premise of Genshin. I would say that the best word to describe Genshin as a whole is that it's experimental. The amount of new mechanics, events, and characters of weapons being given to us throughout each version update felt more like a test bed for players to try out, share over their excitement and opinions via the somewhat useless Pyramid survey, and considered by the dev team as a job well done for more shenanigans in the future. Look, being experimental is a good thing, for sure, yet Overlooking the factors that drives the set experimental products to become a household name, that's another thing. I've been going on too long in this con section and I've made a statement that I won't compare Genshin too much with other games, but that's the thing. Genshin tries to become everything at once at the same time. And in my opinion, I bet you that this concept framework for becoming the only top tier gacha RPG game with giving countless new mechanics at once with less of a tender care with how they might work, will only eventually overwhelm new and old players. Now then, if Hoyo first asked me, would I recommend this game to someone, the answer would be, I might. No, scratch that. Probably. Let me explain. Genshin Impact, even as of today, in my opinion, is not a great game. It's entertaining in some degree, yet it's still not something that I would dedicate my time and resources at most. That's a mistake that I've done in the past. There are still a plethora of in-game mechanics and features that could use a rework or a mandatory update, and I do hope Hoyoverse would listen to all of the rants and complaints. For a casual new beginner, would you enjoy the game? Yeah, you might. On its own, Genshin can be considered as an entertaining game that could keep you up, accompanied, and occupied for the long run. For a dedicated and experienced gacha gamer, 
I'm not so sure, as this game would suck away your attention, resource, time and sanity by each day with its profound grinding gameplay and never-ending quest to build the ultimate set of team. You might get bored at certain times, yet nevertheless, you might enjoy it at some occasion. Alright, so as an overall score of Genshin Impact, I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. Genshin still needs a lot of adjustments, even for their own core gameplay and certain mechanics. I also do hope that they would focus back on the story to deliver us a more simple and compact narrative. I am a bit bored with how they sidetrack us with never-ending bothersome quests that still feels like chores. They, they could have made this into a full-fledged RPG game instead, but they opt out in giving us a product that the majority of people can both enjoy and stress out at times. On a closer note, I really do hope that HoYoverse would stumble upon this podcast episode. Some of the biggest notable things I wish Genshin could improve in the future are first, their farming system, and second, give Traveler more presence and reduce Paimon's interactivity from the narrative, and lastly, a skip one for each dialogue. Amen. Writing and recording for this podcast episode was another experience of itself. I was both enthusiastic in doing it, Yet at the same time, I don't feel like taking, talking about a game that I've had rough first impressions with, that turns into a slow burn that I eventually kind of enjoy. If I have to summarize what Genshin Impact to me, it's an addicting experimental guilty pleasure which has snuck its way into my life and influenced my daily activities. Did I regret playing and jumping into the rabbit hole? A bit. I just wish that I hadn't wasted so many resources, time and energy in playing, in playing it. I wish I could've just played it casually, but there's this never-ending quest in myself for achieving that sense of quote-unquote endgame pride. Did I have a great and enjoyable time playing Genshin? I do. I do. I, I really did, did have a great time playing Genshin. I've had many great moments shared with past friends, fellow players, and amazing close individuals which I could already call family myself. I wouldn't probably even met some of the great folks I've known today if it wasn't for Genshin Impact. So I guess slight props to HoYoVerse for that, which leads to a quick shout out from some of my patrons which did fill out my Genshin Impact survey form. Thanks to Mustante, Quetzal, Rake, and more, I couldn't have done this review episode without your spot on opinions and help. Last but not least, to all podcast listeners, it's the Lazy Podcast Show and its variety of segments such as RNREX, Interlude, Relax Corner, and more are always available on demand throughout multiple streaming services, such as Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so on. And if you want to support me and this podcast channel, make sure to head on to my Linktree page. You can find a variety of links to my social medias, such as Facebook fan page, Twitter, Instagram, and many more. Donations are also available for local Indonesian audience, you can always head on over to Traktir and Saweria. As for international audiences, you can check on my Kofi and PayPal page. A great big thank you and shout out to all of you, all of my podcast listeners. I'm already sleepy at this point. Thank you for tuning into this episode of RNREX. This was going to be the last episode I'd release on April, but then again, stuff's happened. More new contents coming up on this fabulous month of May. I need some rest. But spoilers ahead, there will be more of them. 
There will be more maddening and multiversal RNR reacts and hopefully a special Spooky Talk segment coming out during the last week of May. And that's about it as always, hopefully I'll get better soon from this damn Pfizer vaccine booster. And I might be a bit, tad bit busy, busy with real life things for this month as well, but I'll do my best to keep on dishing up brand new podcast episodes for all of you. So yeah. I'll definitely see you on the next one, Num Nums. And ah, yes, the penultimate line from Genshin Impact for all of you fellow travelers at Astra Abyssos, Abyssos, Abyssosk, at Astra Abyssosk. Oh yeah, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, cats interested in supporting it's the Lazy Cat Podcast Show. Well then, for local Indonesian audiences, you can head on over to traktir.id slash itsthelazycat and saweria.co slash itsthelazycat. As for international audiences, you can donate away at paypal.me slash itsthelazycat or ko-fi.com slash itsthelazycat. For YouTube viewers, you can find these links in the description box down below. And don't forget to leave a like and hit that subscribe button. Make sure to check out other podcast show segments. Always on demand, everywhere, and at any time, over at Spotify, Anchor FM, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Last but not least, if you want a quick update and stay in touch with yours truly, you can head on over to Linktree slash It's The Lazy Cat. With a click away, you can easily navigate through my social media accounts and fan pages. And this has been Pak Kuching, signing out.